Good morning. Welcome to Good News Church. I'm Tavanya Greco. I am the preschool director here. And if you're wondering why I'm wearing this very sparkly jacket, ever since VBS happened, I've been trying to get a certain someone to wear it. Hasn't happened yet. Maybe one day. So I recruited a little bit of extra help today. Paisley, come on out. This is my daughter, Paisley. Paisley, what do you have for us this morning? Hello. If you are new or visiting, a special welcome to you. We have a Connect card located in the seat backs in front of you. Fill up, feel free to fill out as much or as little information as possible as you would like. And black boxes. Oh, and <laughs> slip it in the black boxes as you leave. Awesome. Thank you, Paisley. All right. We also have our Discover Good News class this month. Um, the dates are on the screen, September 16th and 20th. If you would like to make Good News Church your home or would like some more information, this is the place for you to come. If you could get out that Connect card that Paisley just talked about and fill out which class you would like to attend, that would be great. Um, we also have a very exciting weekend coming up in two weeks, our Good News Camp. Um, if you are already registered, I need you to get out your phones. Smiley, don't turn around. He's not looking. Don't worry about it. All right. There's a number up on the screen. I want you to text this number. Text CAMP2023 to the number on the screen. This is going to give you some really important information and updates so please make sure that you do that um, so you stay in the loop with everything that's going on. Also, we still have plenty of room. So if you haven't registered, please do so. There's a little QR code up there you can click. You can write it on your card if you need some extra help. But we would love for you to join us, wouldn't we, Paisley? Mm -hmm. I'm so excited. What are you most excited about for camp? Yes, it's going to be a great time. So we really hope that you can join us. Um, our family especially is looking forward to it. Our kids have never really had a camp experience before, so they're super excited. And I'm excited to be there with my family and to be there with our whole church family. It's going to be a great weekend, so please join us. All right, we also have our Financial Peace University class coming up, which starts on September 17th. This is a 10-week course. Um, it, there is a little bit of a cost involved, but it is so worth the investment. My husband and I actually took a course um, probably seven or eight years ago here at Good News, and it really changed the way that we handle our finances. So this class is going to teach you how to manage your finances. It helped us to learn how to set up a budget, how to actually keep a budget, keep within the budget. Um, so it's really greatly, greatly helped our family. So if you are interested, again, you can fill that out on the card. Um, that'll be starting in two weeks as well. And last, we have um, a fabulous picture of our MOPS ministry. This is one of my favorite things I get to do as a preschool director. Um, we have a ministry to moms, so we have a ton of moms in our church that come to this, but we also have a ton of moms in the community that don't have a church that come, and this is a once a month 
um, thing that we do on a Monday morning. And this year so far, we're getting ready. We take a break during the summer. We're gearing up for our new year, which will start um, end of September. Um, but we have 75 moms registered so far. Um, so it's going to be really awesome. Super excited. I have two requests from you guys. One, please pray. Um, pray for this ministry. Pray that we can share the love of Jesus with moms in our community um, and that they can come to know him. Secondly, with 75 mamas comes a lot of kids. So we do have a Mops Kids ministry that meets at the same time as um, our mamas meet, um, but we need help in that ministry. So if you are interested in helping with some babies or some preschoolers, sharing the love of Jesus with them, or if you know someone that would be interested, we do meet once a month on a Monday morning. I can give you all the details, but please fill that out on your card um, and I will get connected with you. This is an amazing ministry, but we can't have a ministry to the moms until we have enough people to take care of all the kids. So would love for your prayers and would love for your help. Um, I'm going to call Smiley up on stage with all this good gold sparkleness. He loves it. All right, Paisley's going to pray for us. Dear Lord, thank you for this day. Thank you that we can all come together to talk about you. I pray that you will help Smiley and give him the words to say today. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. All right. Thank you so much. Am I handing off the jacket? No, you can keep it. Are you sure? Next week, Smiley, it's coming. On your seat, there's the study. Uh, if you're new, once a month we put this out. It's uh, meant to be a disciple-making tool. Uh, there's a place for message notes in there. There's, um, there's also um, uh, their small group lesson. But really like to call your attention to, there's a Bible reading plan. If you've not been reading the Bible, this week, starting tomorrow, we're starting to read through the book of Galatians. And it would be a great opportunity to, for you to jump in and, and really get comfortable reading the scriptures. It's really fun when we do it together. It's four days a week. So if you missed a few days, you could still complete each week's work. And we'll read through the book of Galatians this week. Love to have you doing that with us. <clears throat> we also rejoice that we saw three people come to faith in Christ this week. And we rejoice with that. And even better than that, we're really excited that we're praying that we would double the number of people who had a chance to lead someone to faith in Christ. And last year we had uh, 46, and now we're at 73. This year we're on the way of doubling the number, and I'm so thankful for that. And those, wouldn't you like to be one of those to, to, to be able to introduce a friend to your best friend? Uh, we're reading through the book of, studying through the book of 2 Timothy. If you're new, we're so glad you're here. Love for you to bring a Bible with you. If you don't have a Bible, you can pick one up in the lobby. It is God's Word. We love to open it and study His Word together. So in 2 Timothy chapter 2, we're going to start reading in verse 14. Remind them of these things and solemnly charge them in the presence of God not to wrangle about words, which is useless, and leads to the ruin of the hearers. Be diligent to present yourselves approved to God as a workman who does not need to be ashamed, accurately handling the word of truth. This pastor and politician both died at the same time, and 
they arrived at the pearly gates together, and St. Peter met them, and St. Peter said, let me show you your accommodations. And so he took the pastor who had given his life to being a pastor, and he, and he showed him this studio apartment. It was nice and all, but quite small. And the politician thought, man, I, I wonder what they'll be for me. And so then the, St. Peter took him and showed him this mansion with columns and marble. And he says, I don't understand it. The pastor got a studio. I got this mansion. What's with that? And Peter says, well, you don't know how things are in heaven. See, there's thousands and thousands of pastors here, but you're the first politician to be here. <laughs> That's why you have such a nice place. You ever look around the world and, and, and your heart's broken and you say, well, why doesn't Jesus do something? Do you know he has and he is and he will? Do you know that Jesus has a plan for changing the world and that you and I are part of his plan, we're his plan? Jesus' plan to change the world is to change human hearts. And so his last command that he gave was, go and make disciples of all the nations. Go and be involved in changing nations through changing hearts. He calls us to be a part of that. And that's why our purpose as a church is to make disciples together. And we've been learning that a disciple is a follower of Jesus. And we've been learning that a disciple or a follower of Jesus has three great loves. And that's the point of today's message is that a follower of Jesus has three great loves. That when someone is following Jesus, they're growing in their love for Christ. Uh, would you like to grow in your love for Christ? We'd love to help you. And they love one another. They, they love others in the body of Christ, and we'd love to help you love one another. And, and they love the lost. Um, um, in this passage... In this passage, as we've been walking through 2 Timothy 2, Paul has been giving us all these pictures of what a disciple and a disciple maker look like. And we've learned again that a disciple is a follower of Jesus and a disciple maker is someone who's bringing people with him. Are you following Jesus? Way to go. You're a disciple. How about are you bringing others with you? Then, then you're becoming a disciple maker. And Paul gave us three pictures. He, he showed us that a disciple and a disciple maker, they're like a soldier who doesn't get entangled in everyday affairs because he wants to please the one who enlisted him. And we took a week and our, we looked at how a disciple is like an athlete. He wants to win, so he keeps the rules. And how a disciple and a disciple maker, um, they're like a farmer who works really hard in the first to enjoy the fruits. And now, now we're going to be given three new pictures we're going to spend the next four weeks looking at how to love Jesus and love one another and love the lost. And we're given three new pictures that a disciple is like a skillful worker. Don't you love to see people who are really good at what they do? That we're going to see a disciple and a disciple maker are, are like a skillful worker. They're like a useful vessel. They're like a winsome witness. So let's start that, that those who love Jesus they want to be a skillful worker. Look at verse 15. Be diligent to present yourself approved to God as a workman who does not need to be ashamed, accurately handling the word of truth. That those who love Jesus, they love his word and they develop their skills. They have skills in being able to handle God's word. They cultivate the skill to read his word and to pray his word and to share his word. 
they've cultivated and become skillful workers at reading His Word, have you? In learning how to take what we learn and pray it so that we would follow it, and then moving on to share that with others. Oh, those who love Jesus, they, they love His Word because His Word's all about Jesus. What people often tell me is they'll say, well, the Bible's like the owner's manual for life. Do you like that? I, I don't because I think I have an owner's manual with my car, but I have no idea where it is. It, it, that's what a lot of people kind of is like that. Maybe it's in my glove compartment, but I never read it unless something's broken. Some people are like that with the Bible. That they, they, they have one, they just know where, it, don't know where it is. No, I think it's much better. I think it's much better to think of the Bible as a love letter that Jesus has written to us to let us know how much He loves us. I think it's a lot better to know that it's a, it's a story. It's a rescue story. Did you know that the main character of the Bible is, is Jesus and not you or me? And that the Bible from beginning to end is all about His rescue of us. So we get to be with Jesus and ask Him questions like, well, where did everything come from? And Jesus says the chapter one of the story is that God made everything. That's where everything came from. And then we get to ask Jesus, why is everything so broken? And he says, chapter 2 is the fall, that man sinned and that's wrecked everything. And we say to Jesus, well, why haven't you done everything, anything? That's chapter 3, redemption. Jesus says, I came into the world to seek and save sinners. And we say, Jesus, where is history headed? He says, that's chapter 4, that's consummation, that one day I'm coming back and everything is going to be made new. Wow. What if we believed that the Bible is a rescue story? Wouldn't we want to know how to read and, and how to pray and to share that story with others, wouldn't we? Because it answers the questions that we have. It answers the questions that others have. Where did everything come from? What went wrong? How do we fix it? Where is history headed? Um, so we read in verse 14, remind them of these things. Who's the them? and solemnly charge them. So who are the them? Well, it takes us back up. Remember verse 2? When, when Paul was really teaching Timothy about how to make disciples, and he said, the things which you have heard from me in the presence of many witnesses, entrust these to faithful men. The them are the faithful men. You see, Paul was investing in Timothy and Timothy was to take what he had learned and he was to invest it in others. The things which you have heard from me in the presence of many witnesses entrust these to faithful men who will be able to teach others also. And you know, that's what you're to be like. You come on Sunday, right? And what happens? I teach you things and then you're to take what you've learned and go to the faithful men and teach them. Oh, oh. So that's the them. Uh, verse 14 says, remind them of these things. What are these things? What are the things that we want to remind others of? And to remind them of these things are really the things we learned about last week. Remember last week we read verse 8, and we said, remember Jesus Christ. Remember risen from the dead, descended of David according to my gospel. And remember what we did last week? We took my suite. Uh, we all got out of I love my theology hats. 
I mean, theology means the study of God. And remember last week, we put it on because we wanted to, we wanted to be skillful workers. And so we, we learned a little bit more. And, and notice how he says, remember Jesus Christ. So remember what we learned? You do, right? We remember that Jesus is his name, right? And Christ is his title, his name's not Jesus Christ. His name is Jesus, which means Savior. You remember, right? And we learn that Christ is His title. He's the Anointed One. And then we remember that good theology with Jesus, to remember Jesus Christ, is about the person and the work of Christ. Remember? We remembered who Jesus is. He's fully God and fully man. We remembered His work, that He came into the world to save sinners. Remember? Remember we learned that Jesus is our model for life and ministry, and He says to us, follow me, and He becomes our model even when we suffer. He shows us how to suffer. And remember, remember we learned that we are chosen, and Jesus chose us because we never would have chosen Him, and He chose us to be with Him, and He chose us to be involved in His work. Remember? And remember we learned that salvation, salvation is an all-inclusive term. It's an umbrella term, and I I reminded you of the umbrella of salvation. See the handle? You see salvation? It's the whole umbrella, remember? And so last week, we remembered justification and and adoption and sanctification and redemption. We said they're big words, but they're really important because that's all that's included in salvation. Remember we learned that justification... The moment we put in our faith in Christ, He takes all of our sins and He gives us His righteousness. Remember? And then we learn that's a legal term. Oh, but there's so much more adoption. It's we're welcome into God's family and and we have a father, a heavenly father, and we have a big brother. And it's so amazing that He's given us the Holy Spirit. It's true, it's true. We have a father and big brother. And we learn when we remember who we are. When we remember adoption, who we are, then we begin to act like our big brother, right? And that's sanctification. It's when we start following our big brother. Jesus gives us the Holy Spirit and says, look at your big brother. Don't you want to follow him? Don't you want to be like him? Oh, so as we follow Jesus, that's sanctification. And sanctification leads into glorification, that Jesus always finishes what he does. He finishes what he starts. So we looked at the umbrella of salvation, and and, and we learned last week that Jesus is faithful. He's faithful to His promise to save those who believe and to punish those who don't. So we remember, right? We remember. So as a disciple, we remember Jesus. As a disciple maker, we remind each other. And so all week long, when I had time with Jesus, I remembered Jesus. I remembered Jesus. But now that we're here together, I am reminding you, right? Because as we remember Jesus as disciples, we remind those we're discipling, right? So as we talked about a rescue story, have you ever been rescued? I mean, don't you like rescue stories? I love to hear rescue stories, and the reason we all love to hear rescue stories is because that's my story, and it can be yours too. You want to hear the most amazing rescue story ever, do you? Here it is. For God so loved the world. Did you hear that? God looked into the world, and He saw people. They were trapped. 
They were trapped in their sin. They were trapped in death. They were trapped by the devil. For God so loved the world, he saw people who were trapped that he gave his only begotten son that whoever believes in him should not perish but have eternal life. Um, Did you know the bad news of the gospel says we're all trapped in sin? Did you know that, that we've all sinned? Listen, people in our culture understand that in part, don't they? Because people often say, well, they're just, a, they're just human. Or people will say, well, well, no one's perfect. So they understand it a little bit, but sin is way worse than, than, than just not being perfect. Because a sin is a crime against God. And every one of us has committed crime after crime against God, a God who's just, who must punish sin. And God says what we deserve is hell itself. So the bad news is we're trapped in sin, we're headed to death, we're held captive by the devil. Um, But here's the rescue story. God loved us so much that he sent his son, that God the Son put on flesh and came to earth to set prisoners free. He lived a perfect life for us, and then he went to the cross and died for our sins. Do you know that no one ever feared death the way Jesus did? Do you realize that? You know why Jesus feared death? He knew what was coming. He knew that what was going to happen on the cross is all of our sins were going to be placed on him and he was going to experience the wrath of God that our sins deserved. Oh, Jesus took our place on the cross. He took our sins and he experienced the death that our sins deserve. He stayed on the cross until he could say, it's finished, and then he rose. I mean, how do we know the penalty for sin is paid in full? How do we know that we can live forever? Because a dead man got up and walked out of the tomb and said we could. Death is the penalty for sin. And when the penalty was paid in full, death couldn't hold him. And so Jesus walks out and he offers us eternal life. He offers us forgiveness and the chance to do life and eternity with him. And what does he require of us? That we believe in him. Oh. For God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son that whoever believes in him shall not perish but have eternal life. I want you to know people are forever. Did you know that? Every one of us, we're going to spend eternity either with Jesus in heaven or we're going to spend eternity apart from him in hell. Which do you want? Don't you want to spend eternity with him? Don't you want to do life in eternity with Jesus? Listen, one day it'll be too late. And if you've never put your faith in him, won't you? Well, how do we believe in Jesus? Listen, believing in Jesus is, is as simple as ABC, where we admit and believe and commit. And if you've never done that, won't you do that now? Don't wait until it's too late. It starts when we admit, Jesus, I've sinned against you and I'm sorry. Won't you do that? And then we believe, Jesus, I believe that you died on the cross for my sins and rose. And then we commit to him as Savior and Lord. Jesus, come in and forgive me and give me eternal life. I want you to be Lord of my life and help me be the person you want me to be. Do you know why those who love Jesus love his word? Because they love to read the story. They love to be reminded that we were held captive by sin and death and the devil and Jesus left heaven and came to earth and and he rescued us. Could you tell me the story again, the story of my rescue? 
remind them of these things and solemnly charge them in the presence of God not to wrangle about words, which is useless and leads to the ruin of the ears. Be diligent to present yourself approved to God as a workman who does not need to be ashamed, accurately handling the word of truth. Do you love Jesus? Do you love his word? Are you developing your craft? Are you asking him to help you learn how to read his word and to pray his word and to share his word? But avoid worldly and empty chatter, for it will lead to further ungodliness, and their talk will spread like gangrene. Among them are Hymenaeus and Philetus, men who have gone astray from the truth, saying that the resurrection is already taking place, and they upset the faith of some. Have you ever noticed that people want to talk about everything, but they never want to talk about Jesus? Oh, listen, the Bible is about Jesus. The reason those who love Jesus love His Word is it's all about Him. Matter of fact, didn't you love 2 Corinthians this week? It was so good to read 2 Corinthians together this week. And look at this verse. It's so good. But I am afraid that as the serpent deceived Eve by his craftiness, that your minds will be led astray from the simplicity and purity of devotion to Christ. Smiley, you're always talking about Jesus, and it drives me crazy. You know what I want? I want you to know Jesus so well that when someone seeks to lead you astray, you say, that's not it. The Christian faith is about a simple and pure devotion to Christ. And that's why you want to know God's Word, to, to read His Word, and to pray His Word, and to share His Word, so that you know Jesus so well, you're able to spot those that are false teachers. And you can prepare your disciples to follow him because they understand the Bible's all about Jesus. Nevertheless, <clears throat> the firm foundation of God stands firm, having this seal. The Lord knows those who are his. Listen, Jesus knows his own. And everyone who names the name of the Lord is to abstain from wickedness. And he says, you can tell when someone loves Jesus because when someone loves Jesus, they want to follow him. I mean, do you love Jesus? Don't you want to follow him? Oh, I love in 1 John where we read this, the one who says he abides in him, I believe in Jesus. I'm a follower of Jesus. I love Jesus. The one who says he abides in him ought himself to walk in the same manner as he walked. I mean, don't you want to walk like your big brother? Don't you? So the first picture we see is to love Jesus. To love Jesus means that we want to be a skillful worker. We want to be comfortable with God's Word. We want to know how to read His Word and to pray His Word and share His Word. Do you? If you don't, we'd love to equip you. Oh, secondly, those who love Jesus, they want to be a useful vessel. A useful vessel. Don't you want to be useful to Him? Now, in a large house, there are not only gold and silver vessels, but also vessels of wood and of earthenware, and some to honor and some to dishonor. Therefore, if anyone cleanses himself from these things, he will be a vessel for honor, sanctified, useful to the master. Wow, precious things are set apart, right? And that's what we learned last week. We learned last week that Jesus chose us, and he chose us to be with him. He chose us to be special, to be with him, and that we would be on his team involved in his work. Oh. Isn't it amazing that he chose us to be with him, set apart for something special? Remember in Mark, when Jesus chose his 12 apostles, Mark 3, 14, 
and he appointed 12 so that they would be with him. Are you a Christian? I mean, do you smile a lot that Jesus wanted you to be with him? Do you see Sunday morning that Jesus comes and we have an opportunity to come and be with him? When you get up in the morning, do you see that Jesus is waiting so that you could spend time, you could be with him? And then as she head out the door, he says, hey, hey, take me with you, right? Oh, we get to be with him. And notice, and if that weren't enough, and that he might send them out to preach. He says, I want you to be with me because I want you to go out and make disciples who make disciples so the world has changed. I want you to be involved in what I'm doing in the world. Don't waste your life. Don't you want to be a useful vessel? And remember, remember when Jesus first called his disciples, remember? And he said to them, follow me. Are you kidding me? I mean, we're all going to follow someone. And Jesus says, what? Follow me. Who wouldn't want to follow him, right? And then he says, and I will make you fishers of men. Don't waste your life. I've got a purpose for your life. Follow me, and I'll make you fishers of it. Don't you want to be a vessel useful to Jesus, don't you? Listen, when Jesus moves into us, when Jesus moves into us, his intention is to change everything in our lives. Did you know that? He doesn't want to change one thing. He wants to change everything, and he becomes our model for life and ministry, and he says, follow me. And, and he gives us the Holy Spirit to give us the desire and power to follow him. And uh, he gives us the Holy Spirit to give us the desire and power to, to follow him. Now, if we're going to be a use, useful to the master, uh, when Jesus moves in, there's certain things in our life that he wants to throw out. Hasn't Jesus thrown some things out of your life? And then he wants to redecorate and fill our lives with new things, Right? So, so to be useful to the master is to let Jesus throw out everything that's not Jesus so he can re- replace everything with what is Jesus. If anyone cleanses himself from these things, he will be a vessel for honor, sanctified, useful for the master. So what is Jesus throwing out of your life? And then he wants to replace it with new things prepared for every good work that we're prepared and equipped to be able to win people to Christ and to make disciples. We throw out and we replace. He tells us this again. He says, now flee from youthful lust and pursue righteousness, faith, love, and peace. That if we want to be useful to the master, then those things that are not Jesus, we need to throw them out and run from them, flee, And we're to pursue Christ and being equipped for every good work. Well, Smiley, what are youthful lust? Well, sure seems to me the three things that ruin people's lives are sex and money and power. So he's saying, flee from the love of money. Flee from immorality. Free from a love of power. Those things keep us from being useful to the master and pursue Jesus and follow Jesus and, and pursue being equipped for every good work. Often when I'm driving through town or I go by a church, I'll see this sign. Um, you ever seen these signs? You ever seen that? Hate has no home here. Anybody ever seen that? Whenever I see that, I, I want to ask the person a question. And here's the question 
is hate always a bad word? Uh, so let me ask you the question. Is hate always a bad word? Is it? It's not. Did you know that God hates things? Did you know that? Let me show you in Proverbs chapter 8. This might surprise you. Hate is not always a bad word. The fear of the Lord is to hate evil. God wants us to hate evil. He's given us the Holy Spirit so we would see things the way God sees things, and God hates evil. And if we want to be useful to the Master, we're to hate evil as well. So what are some things that God hates? Pride. God hates proud people and arrogance, thinking we're better. God hates that and the evil way. And the perverted mouth, I hate. Oh, you see, Jesus has given us the Holy Spirit so that we would hate what God hates. We would hate evil. And I love what someone said, that God has promised to deliver us from our enemies, but not from our friends. What? God has promised to deliver us from our enemies, but not our friends. Those evil things that we see as evil and hate, we experience tremendous power staying away from them. But those we say, well, they're, they're not that bad, and we keep playing around with, we keep falling into, right? The Bible calls us to hate evil and love what is good. The Holy Spirit is given to us so that we would hate evil and love good. Let me show you in Romans um, 12 verse 9. See, abhor what is evil, hate evil. If we want to be useful to the Master, Holy Spirit, open my eyes to see those things in my life that are evil and help me to hate them the way you do. And then it says, notice, and love what is good. Holy Spirit, open my eyes that I would see the beauty of Jesus, that I would see the beautiful life. Give me the desire and power to love what is good. Another verse that teaches the same thing in Romans 13, uh, verse 14, but put on the Lord Jesus Christ. If we want to be, if we want to be useful to the master, there's things that we put on. We are very intentional about following Jesus and being equipped and make no provision for the flesh in regard to its lust. So to be useful to the master as Jesus moves in, there's things he's continually throwing out. There's things that he's continually building into our lives. And those who love Jesus, when Jesus says throw things out, they seek his help to throw them out. And when he says to bring these new things in, they seek his help to do that. Uh, now flee from youthful lust and pursue righteousness, faith, love, and peace. Notice with those who call on the Lord from a pure heart. That a disciple loves Jesus, but also loves one another. If we want to hate evil and we want to love good, we need to be a part of a church. We need to belong to a church that hates evil and loves good. That's why in Proverbs, in Proverbs we read as well, that he who walks with wise men will be wise, but the companion of fools will suffer harm. If we want to be a vessel that's useful to the master, if we want to hate evil, we need to be in a church that, that talks about things that God hates. And if we want to be useful, we need to be involved in a church that talks about the things that God loves so that we would hate evil and we would love good and we would be a vessel useful to the master. So those who love Jesus, oh, 
They, they, they want to be a skillful worker. They want to be a useful vessel. They want to be a winsome witness, a winsome witness. But refuse foolish and ignorant speculations, knowing that they produce quarrels. The Lord's bondservant must not be quarrelsome, but be kind to all, able to teach, patient when wronged, with gentleness correcting those who are in opposition, if perhaps God may grant them repentance, leading to the knowledge of the truth, and they may come to their senses and escape from the snare of the devil, having been held captive by him to do his will. All those people in our culture who annoy you, they're not your enemy. They're not, but instead... They're held captive by our enemy. And Jesus has parachuted us behind enemy lines, and our mission is to go and set them free. And that's why we want to be winsome witnesses. They're not our enemy. They're held captive. And we have the gospel, and it's the gospel that sets them free. Oh, when we love Jesus, we love lost people because that's why we're here. And we don't want to win arguments. We want to win people. And that's why we want to learn how to be winsome witnesses who are able to set prisoners free. So there it is. To love Jesus is, is to long to be a skillful worker, a, a useful vessel, a, a winsome witness. And so our action step this week is to love Jesus, is to love Jesus. Very, very simple. But what I would love for you to do this week is, is each day to say, Jesus, I want to be a skillful worker. Will you do that? I, I want to be a skillful worker. Oh, be diligent to present yourself approved to God as a workman who does not need to be ashamed, accurately handling the word of truth. Lord, I want to learn how to read your word. Help me. I want to learn how to pray your word. Help me. I want to learn how to share your word. And I want to plead with you that if you are not reading the Bible, will you do this for one week? Will you commit yourself to one week to read with us through the book of Galatians? And just get up. Come on, you can do it. If you're a Christian, you've been given the Holy Spirit, you can read his word. You can pray his word. You, won't you do it for one week? I believe you'll, it'll be so amazing, you'll want to keep going. But for four days, won't you say, Jesus, I want to be a skillful worker. Lord, help me learn how to read your word and pray your word and share your word, won't you? And, and to love Jesus, will you say, Jesus, I want to be a useful vessel. I want to, I, I want to be a useful vessel. Now, in a large house, there are not only gold and silver vessels, but also vessels for wood and of earthenware, and some to honor and some to dishonor. Therefore, if anyone cleanses himself from these things, he will be a vessel for honor, sanctified, useful to the master, prepared for every good work. Don't you want to be useful? Someone had on their tombstone, he came, he stayed, he left. Is that what you want? Wouldn't it be better if it was written he was useful for his master? 
Therefore, if anyone cleanses himself from these things, he will be a vessel for honor, sanctified, useful, prepared for every good work. Now flee from youthful lusts and pursue righteousness, faith, love, and peace with those who call on the Lord from a pure heart. Will you say, Lord, show me those things in my life that I need to throw out so I would be useful? Will you pray that? Lord, what are the things you want me to build in so that I would be useful to you? Will you pray, Lord, I want to be a winsome witness? There are so many people around me who are held captive. I want to be a winsome witness. Will you help me? But refuse foolish and ignorant speculations, knowing that they produce quarrels. The Lord's bondservant must not be quarrelsome, but be kind to all, able to teach patient when wronged, with gentleness correcting those who are in opposition. We've experienced that, right? Isn't that how Jesus dealt with us? Because we've experienced it, we can do it. If perhaps God may grant them repentance, leading to the knowledge of the truth, and they may come to their senses and escape from the snare of the devil, having been held captive by him to do as well. Who do you know? Who do you know right now who's trapped? Who's held captive by sin and death and the devil? Don't you want to go and set them free, don't you? Oh, listen. Uh, Why don't you go to someone this week and say, hey, do you like rescue stories? Do you? I love rescue stories. Could I share with you my rescue story? Listen, this is my rescue story, and it could be yours too, but when I tell it to you, you won't believe it because it's so amazing. You want to hear my story? For God so loved the world that He gave His only begotten Son that whoever believes in Him should not perish but have eternal life. I was trapped by sin and death and the devil, and Jesus set me free. And now I can enjoy Him now and forever. Oh, I've been rescued. Wouldn't you like to be? You can, you know. You really, really can. Let's pray. Jesus, thank You. Thank you for coming when we were trapped, when we were held captive by sin and death and the devil. Thank you for coming to set us free. Thank you. Thank you for living a perfect life. Thank you for dying on the cross for our sins. Thank you for rising. Thank you for the offer of eternal life to set us free. And listen, if you've never believed, if you've never been set free, wouldn't you like to be freed? Wouldn't you like to live forever? Jesus is here. Won't you tell him, Jesus, I've sinned against you and I'm sorry. And I believe you died on the cross for my sins and rose. And I want you to come in and be my Savior and forgive me and give me eternal life. I want you to be Lord of my life and help me be the person you want me to be. Oh, if you've done that for the first time, way to go. Won't you mark that on your card? We'd love to celebrate with you. Jesus, I pray for those of us who have received you, that this week our action step would be to love you. Jesus, I pray for all of us in here who know you that we would say, Jesus, uh, I want to be a skillful worker. Will you say that? I want to be a skillful worker. Lord, I, I, I want to learn how to read your word and to pray your word and to share your word. Will you say that? 
Lord, I, I want to read Galatians this week. I, I want to read and pray and share your word. Won't you make that commitment? Will you tell Jesus, Jesus, I want to be a useful vessel. I want to be. Jesus, show me those things in my life that keep me from being useful to you. And Holy Spirit, help me to hate them. Give me the desire and power to throw them out. Jesus, show me the things you want to build in. Show me what you want me to know, the skills you want me to have, so that I would be useful to me. Holy Spirit, give me the desire and power to follow Jesus. Lord, I want, I want to be a winsome witness, Lord. Will you say that, Lord? Lord, who are the people you want me to go and share with? And Lord, I pray as I go and share with others that you would grant them repentance, that you would convict them of their sin, that you would show them the beauty of Jesus, that you would move them to say yes to Jesus and they would be set free. For we pray in Jesus' name, amen.